What's up everyone? It's your boy Fenyo. We're starting this new year and we're talking about a lot of UFC. There's have been so many announcements since I did a podcast for the last time. So we'll be talking about that. Uh, by the way, we have fights again this week after, after a while. So let's get into that and then I'll get into like a lot, a lot of fine announcements. Uh, I won't be talking about like everything that has been announced, but everything that I have like a little bit something to say at least. But let's get into this Saturday fights. Um, Janu- January 13th, uh, we have Magomed Ankalaev versus Johnny Walker. They are running it back after their fight ended in a no contest. Uh, famously, as the doctor asked, uh, Johnny Walker where he is and he's in the desert I think I, I'm not sure but yeah I mean, as a main event I'm not very interested in this but the, the rest of the event is pretty good um, Ankalaev versus Walker is a relevant fight I guess especially for Ankalaev if Ankalaev wins this one he should be in line for a title shot but there are like big fights um, Coming up, so if he doesn't win like impressively, he could get, uh, he could get put back in the line. Uh, there's, there's Jiri versus Rakish. The Yamaha Hill maybe is fighting for the title. Who knows? But and if Walker wins, uh, especially with like a meme KO, maybe they put him on a title fight. I mean that would be disastrous. Um, I know a lot of people dislike Ankalaev. Um, I want Johnny Walker to win here. I do not like Johnny Walker, man. Um, does nothing for me. Uh, the goofy personality, everything. It, it just doesn't work for me. Uh, Ankalaev, I understand he's frustrating. He can be kind of boring, but he's... Yeah, at least he's a well-put-together fighter. He's ber- he's pretty good at Power for Division. I was going to say, like, very good, but... Ankalaev is, like... Top five for sure, for sure. Johnny Walker, I'm not sure he's top five in the division. Let's be honest here. So I guess I'm rooting for Ankalaev, and I think he's winning. By the way, um, Johnny Walker is dangerous, but Ankalaev is tough. His condition, uh, he should he should win this one. He's a lot more skilled, basically everywhere. Uh, Walker is very dangerous, and but yeah, and and. and by the way, I'm super not sold on Johnny Walker in in SPG. Like he had that fight against Anthony Smith, but we saw how the rest of the fighters are beating Anthony Smith. So, how good is Johnny Walker? I'm not not very good to be honest. Co-main event is a rematch, and I'm not fan of these kind of rematches, especially because we saw the fight not long ago. We have Mateusz Nikolaou versus Manel Cap. It's a good fight. Don't get me wrong. But, I don't know, it, it, I, I've been saying the same shit for, for a while now, but it feels like these rematches are kind of unfair. Like, the, one of the things about MMA is that you don't get, like, many fights, so you, you need to make the most out of the opportunities that you have. And for fighters like Nicolau in this case, for Pantoja, because if Cap wins this one, he's getting put on a title shot for sure. And Cap versus Pantoja. Pantoja already beat the shit out of Cap, just like he did with Brandon Moreno, just like he did with uh, Brandon Royval. It's 
it seems weird to put him in so many rematches, hoping for him to lose. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is an interesting fight. Uh, Cap, for for his credit, has been looking better lately. Um, maybe not again uh, as high of level of competition. I mean, he looked pretty good against the Borag, who I rate. But Borag did, didn't fight a great fight there. This one is very interesting. Uh, it's probably going to be a bit more competitive than the first time. I think I'm still siding with Niklau here. But Cap could win this one. Um, I hope Nikola win just because he already won this fight and he like deserves this. Like he's getting his his thunder stole here. I feel just because he lost to Royval. I don't know. Nikola versus Pantoja would be a very interesting fight. Not that a rematch between Cap and Pantoja would be very interesting too, but but as I said, I just feel it's kind of unfair for Pantoja. Uh, so rooting for Nikola here. We have Jim Miller versus Gabriel Benitez. Mowgli. Um, this one, I'm not sure about this one, Jim Miller, um, I want Jim Miller to get that big win at UFC 300, and I'm not sure he's making it out of this one in one piece, even if he wins, like, Benitez kicks so fucking hard, I mean, we all, we all know about the memes, about, about uh, Javier Mendez saying that Gabriel Benitez is the hardest kicker he's he has held pads for, and uh, this is a guy that has held pads for Cain Velasquez, for Luke Rockhold. So, so there's always the hype, but yeah, Benitez, a uh, very cool kicking game. He has a lot of tricks with the uh, with southpaw kicking, and here he's fighting a fellow southpaw, Jim Miller. And Jim Miller himself has been pretty good about kicking the shit out of legs in southpaw southpaw propositions. But I don't like the the old fighter getting kicked very hard. I feel like that doesn't usually go very well for the older fighter. Jim Miller is very tough. He can win this one for sure. Benitez uh, still passed it as well. Like he's like, like Jim Miller over 50 fights, but Benitez himself, uh, 33 fights, uh, has been in the UFC for a while. He has looked... Uh, past it for a bit now so this is very winnable for Jim Miller but I'm not sure if he's gonna escape this one uninjured I think I'm siding with Benitez um, I think the the leg kicking is going to be very rough on Jim Miller uh, Benitez can compete everywhere with Jim um, and I'm not counting on Jim Miller like getting him out of there like in one round like he's doing with these like contender series kids so yeah, I mean, but but it should be a good fight. It should be a good fight. I just wish they saved uh, good old Jim Miller for UFC 300. To be honest, it would have been cool. Uh, you know the, the guy wants it. We have very good fight in Bantamweight. We have Ricky Simon versus Mario Bautista. Uh, very interesting, this one, because Bautista's wrestling has been looking very solid and he's a, like a grinder. But Ricky Simon is not a guy that lacks cardio, so... And should be like the superior technical wrestler. Bautista very strong too, though. So I'm not sure if Ricky will have the the usual advantage he has like in in closer tie-ups. Bautista very long. Uh, Ricky can have trouble dealing with longer fighters. But mostly with counter punchers. And I think Bautista is not like that uh, Song Yatong level of counter puncher. Ricky should 
do like his leg kicks, his body punches, stuff, tries to get some body locks. Uh, Ricky very good from top position. Bautista very dangerous in the clinch and especially with the big height advantage that we, he will have in this fight. I would look uh, for him to employ his knees and his elbows and maybe then transition to his very strong body lock to get uh, Ricky to the ground. Ricky, as I said, I would like to see Ricky punch into the body. Uh, setting up double legs, I think Bautista could be vulnerable to those if he gets in clean on his hips. But it's a very good fight. It's a very good fight. I'm not sure where Ricky's confidence is right now. And Bautista on the other side is like brimming with confidence in the best run of his career. So momentum is like one guy going down, one guy going up. Let's see if Ricky Simon can rebound here or Bautista keeps his upwards trajectory. It's a very good fight and and I would expect like a main event or something for the winner here. We have Phil Hoss versus Bruno Ferreira. Bruno Ferreira, you might remind, uh, remember him as the guy that absolutely blast Gregory Rodriguez Holocop. And Phil Hoss um, was looking pretty good against um, Ali Skerov, who everyone is super high on. Uh, until he got like randomly killed. Uh, I, I don't know what the deal is with Phil Hoss. I mean, obviously there are some technical flaws here and there. Uh, he can like not take uh, defensive actions after his attacks and his awareness is not that well, but when he puts it together, he looks pretty good and he's like super well-rounded. Uh, I would like to, to see Phil Hoss win here, but Bruno Ferreira is very dangerous. He throws hard, so. I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting fight for middleweight. I uh, would not expect much of the winner, to be honest. But it's, uh, it's a decent fight. It's a, the, for middleweight, it's pretty decent. Have a heavyweight bout between Andre Arlovsky and Waldo Cortez Acosta. And this one's probably going to be boring. Um, I mean, Cortez Acosta... Cortez Acosta needs to get Arlovsky like out of here for this fight if he wants to be like a thing at heavyweight, you know? Arlovsky has been this like filter for for the decent part of heavyweight for a long time and and he's also like pretty good at robbing people, <laughs> like in some close fights that have gone in, in Arlovsky's way uh, against Collier, I think, I don't think he won that. And Cortez Acosta, we've seen him in like kind of boring fights where he jabs a lot and he get uh, he gets his leg kicked a lot. Um, I don't know. Uh, Cortez Acosta has potential for sure, and I and I appreciate that he has a game revolved around the jab, but he could afford for sure to be more aggressive. Uh, I don't think he has addressed the problem with the leg kick so far, so he has potential, but but he hasn't wowed me and. He's not very entertaining. I mean, he looked great on the finish in his last fight, but he needs more of that. And Arlovsky, as old as he, as he is, he, is Arlovsky like 45? How old is Arlovsky? Acosta, I think, needs a knockout here if he wants to be somebody at heavyweight. A boring decision is not going to do much for anyone. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think uh, Cortez Acosta is going to win this one just because he has... Uh, uh, foundation 
a good foundation to to win fights, I think. And he's not going to fall for as many of the tricks as Arlovsky. He, he will be active with the jab, especially. Arlovsky, I don't think he's going to commit to a leg kicking game. That's not him. He's going to blitz from the outside, exploit some habits of the bad heavyweights, and some of their that Acosta have for sure. But I think the jab of Acosta is going to make a difference here. And I'm thinking Acosta is going to get a, a win. Hopefully a knockout. I mean, not that I wish a knockout on Arlovsky, but it's time for the division to move on and Acosta, uh, Waldo, as much as I don't like him, he's like somewhat promising. Uh, before that we have Matthew Semmelsberger fighting against Preston Parsons. Oh, Semmelsberger, such a bad finisher, <laughs> he hurts everyone and he never he never gets it. I mean, he, he has had some cool knockouts though. Um, I think this might be the fight because Parsons is like a grindy wrestler for the most time, but he's not a very good grappler. He's not very imposing physically. Uh, Parsons does push a pace. He can grind on people, but the cardio is not like impeccable. I can see Parsons grinding Samuelsberger if it goes long for sure. But Samuelsberger is super, super strong in tie-ups, especially early on. And he's going to hit person person super hard. So it's going to be on Parsons to survive the artist care if he wants to win this one. And yeah, I mean, after that we have Marcus McGee versus Gaston Bolaños from Peru. McGee has looked very good. He's an MMA lab product, uh, very good scrambler, uh, like a flowy striker on the field, changes stances, but he, he's pretty good. Uh, he kind of vibes on fights. Uh, I don't think that McGee goes in there with a super clear idea of what he wants to do. He just like starts finding out what works and what what doesn't. But he has a like a complete skill set to make that work, and he's very athletic, strong. Um, Bolaños, um, yeah, he's the guy that uh, fought Aaron Phillips. Uh, he goes to the body a lot, and that's cool, but. But Bolaños kind of kind of wild. I, I don't I don't remember a lot, but I think I didn't like Bolaños as much as everyone else did. And I've been liking uh, per, uh, these Peruvian fighters that are getting to the UFC lately. But Bolaños didn't do it for me. Uh, from what I remember, I think McGee should win this one. This should be a very good fight. Uh, I don't remember Bolaños that much, but yeah, McGee probably is going to win this one. Bolaños spins a lot, I think, or not? I, I don't I don't know, man. I don't remember. We have Farid Basharat, who I'm now convinced that uh, the younger Basharat is not as good as his older brother. He's still pretty good. He's fighting, he's fighting Taylor Lapilus, and this one should be very interesting. Is if not super exciting. Uh, these are like two high-level fighters. I think the activity from Basharat is going to make a difference here. Lapilus, it's probably going to like move on the outside, and he's going to get some good looks. Um, he's going to look good here, but. Uh, it's rough to fight the Basharats with such a like high disadvantage and it's the work rate for me what's going to make a difference I'm expecting Farid to win I, I, it would be cool to see Taylor win here I, li I like Lapilus uh, before that we have Westin Wilson versus Jan Silva um, I don't have anything to say about that I barely remember these guys uh, Tom Nolan, uh, the, that fucking huge ass uh, dude from from Australia, I think. He's so fucking big that it's annoying to me. He's fighting Nicolas Mora. 
Mota, who is like a leaping left hook and not much else. I think Tom Nolan should probably win, like a, get like a super easy win here. But if Nicolas Mota puts like a leaping left hook on his face, I wouldn't be mad about it at all. And the opener is a banger. We have, um, I think, LFA champion, Felipe Bunes from Brazil. He's making his debut. He fights under the Pitbull brothers. Uh, I was describing him as a more on the mold of uh, Barry Ground uh, on the floor to throw big counters more than the karate bounce, bouncy things that um, Patricio started doing late and then Sehudo adopted as well. And he's fighting Joshua Ban, who is one of the like brightest prospects at Flightway right now. So this one is going to be a banger, very good fight. Uh, and sadly, I'm going to miss these fights on uh, live, I think, because I have a webbing to assist on on Saturday. So if you want to see me on a suit, you can ask me for pictures. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, so yeah, that's that's event. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, the main event kind of sucks. I mean, it's not that it sucks. I'm perfectly fine with Uncle Live versus Johnny Walker, but not as a main event. I would much rather see like Nicolau versus Capri match at five rounds because at least that gives it a new dimension to the fight, to the rematch. And especially because it has like the same amount of title implications uh, that the main event does. Uh, other than that, like Jamila versus Benitez is going to be good. Ricky Simon versus Bautista, very good fight. Fijols versus Ferreira, at least it's going to be violent. Arlovski versus Cortez Acosta, it's whatever, but at least it's like kind of relevant. Samuelsberger versus Parsons. I hope it's it has action. Same with Marcus McGee versus Bolaños. Like not super high level bantamweight, but it's going to be a good fight. Basharat versus Lapilus. Uh, big test for Basharat. Uh, Lapilus trying to make a statement in, in in this new like comeback to the UFC. Weston Wilson versus Jan Silva is probably like the most like whatever fight in the whole card. Uh, Tom Nolan for those of you that like these lanky freaks. <laughs> is fighting Nicolas Mora who packs a lot of power and Felipe Bunas versus Joshua Bani is the sleeper hit here uh, very good fight let's move on to to the fight announcements let's see because there's tons of them so I won't be talking uh, that much about all of them but we'll see we'll see um, Christian, Christian Quinones is fighting Jauni Barcelos in the UFC Mexico event that it's happening at the end of February. Um, we'll see how shot uh, how he is, but this should be a very easy win for him. Um, I think Howney won his fight against Kyler Phillips, so so this one should be easy for Barcelos. But Quinones is wild, so maybe he wins this fight. But we'll see. Uh, rooting for Howney, a lot, way way more interesting as a fighter. Um, well better rounded, uh, similar level of athlete. So the, the only question mark here is like, is Haoni like so busted that he's get, like getting tired, getting tagged in fights? We'll see, we'll see, but yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always excited to see Haoni, just a bit scared. <laughs> in that same event, we have Daniel Selhuber versus Francisco Prado. We have Mexico versus Argentina here. Should be very exciting because Prado is going to bring the fight to Sol Hoover, who likes to be on the outside, use his length, be very technical in these kind of fights. And Prado is going to be wild, 
pre hopefully pressing forwards, looking to put combinations together. I thought, uh, I didn't think much of Prado when he was like coming up going into the UFC, but I thought he looked pretty good in his last fight, so I'm excited for this one. So Hoover is like not my cup of tea, but I can recognize that he's like a good fighter. He, he looked very good in his fight against Lando Banata. What else we have? Mohamed Naimov uh, is fighting Eric Silva. Eric Silva, this very like super athletic uh, Venezuelan guy. Um, he's fighting Naimov, who's coming off his fight with against Nathaniel Wood. Um, Nathaniel Wood, who Naimov won that fight on the strangled fall of falls. I think Naimov is a superior fighter here, but I kind of rooting for Eric Silva. I think I'm not a big fan of Eric Silva either. He's like very disjointed. I think Naimov is probably a cooler fighter, but he won that fight fouling and he fouled my boy. Like, so yeah, I'm, we're pushing a rare case of me pushing an agenda here <laughs> in a fight that it's like very inconsequential for the division. Um, Michel Pereira keeps uh, his middleweight uh, path against uh, somewhat of a, also of a newcomer to the division in only his third fight at middleweight, I think, in Michel Oreksejuk. Uh, this one should be exciting, at least. Uh, I would expect Michel to beat Pereira's ass. So it's going to be on Pereira to turn the tides, to find something big, a meme, or to just like get his good qualities together going, like the jab and move. Like Pereira has some skills, he's a bit disjointed. I I think I like Oleksandr in this fight. Uh, it's dangerous because Pereira has some counter abilities, so maybe he can find Michel when he's pushing forward. But I, I gotta side with Oleksandr here. And if he finds takedowns, he's very punishing with uh, ground and pound. But, but Pereira is like, Solid as a defensive wrestler. I don't know. Um, it's crazy that these guys are going to be like the same size. Michel Pereira maybe even bigger, considering that Olesejo is a career like heavyweight, and Pereira has been on 170 for so long. Dominic Reyes is fighting Carlos Ulberg, and yeah, they they're just trying to get Ulberg a win here. I I don't have any faith on Dominic Reyes after that uh, Ryan Span fight. Uh, it's crazy, it's crazy because Dominic Reyes was a good fighter, like that that guy that beat John Jones. You cannot convince me otherwise, like uh, anyone with eyes can say, can can tell you that Dominic Reyes beat John Jones. That was a good fighter, that was a, a legit fighter. Um, John Jones even as, as short and as annoying and as, as sucky as a person. Joe Jones, at his worst, he fucking sucks, but he's still a good fighter, and I rate any win over John Jones. Maybe not so much the the Thiago Santos. Like John Jones looked tragic in that one, but, but he he looked a bit better <laughs> against Tommy Reyes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad. Uh, I think Wolberg is going to win this one. Not much to say other than that. Very big announcement. We have Dustin Poirier fighting Benoit Saint-Denis on UFC 299. That card's very stacked on March 9th. Uh, this is five rounds too, by the way. I, I gotta give it to Poirier. Like, he said he was not interested in fighting these open-comers and he's taking like the most dangerous fight. Uh, not, 
I think like Porter is clearly way better as a striker, way better as um, uh, in close stances. Uh, but Porter is getting kind of old. Like he's not the same fighter, and he has had trouble with his hips that has impaired his takedown defense, especially. And Benoit Santenia, as wild as he is on the feet with the left kicks and that kind of shit, uh, Benoit Santenia is, is actually actually good when he gets fights to the ground and gets takedowns and gets get to the back. So I'm pretty scared for my boy Dustin here. I think Dustin should win this one, but but I'm not sure if I, if I can still trust him at this stage. I think Dustin looked good against uh, Gagey, but that knockout is like doesn't doesn't paint such a promising picture moving forward. So I, I I think I've seen like people complain so much about Dustin just like looking for big fights, but I think it's, he's one of the fighters that deserve it, and he's not like. People are scared that Dustin is getting like another title shot and that's not happening, to be honest, like, he's not uh, like he lost against KG. that was like, if Dustin was going to get another like bullshit title shot, um, he has, hasn't gotten like a bullshit title shot, I thought, uh, the title shot that Dustin got were super legit, he was in like super big win streaks, uh, only interrupted by a loss to Habib. And I, I, I think he showed on the Ibera fight that he still um, belonged in that, those kind of fights. And maybe not anymore. But if he wins this one, like, Dustin gets into conversation again. Because it, this is not a mean fight. This is like a division-relevant fight. Even if Sandini is on the lower end of the, of the rankings, he would be up there. Um, I think if I'm picking with my brain, I'm, I'm saying like Dustin Poirier should win this fight. I think Benoit Sandini very limited as a, as a southpaw striker and in a close stance matchup. Uh, that should be more apparent. Uh, Benoit Sandini for sure could get takedowns here. Um, but five rounds, uh, Benoit Sandini's cardio looks great so far, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think I'm doing like the sad hedge. Think and uh, picking something. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, this is a very good fight for those of you that are not invested in Dustin Poirier as I am. But yeah, it's a good fight. What else we have? UFC 300 is finally getting a bit of fights, and we have Charles Oliveira. Du Bronx is fighting Armand Sarukian, and the winner of this one should get a title shot for sure. Sarukian is undeniable at this stage after that win against uh, Darius, and now he's fighting Oliveira. This is a very good fight. Uh, a lot of people expecting Oliveira to like walk over Armand, but not not very sure. Armand can like switch to Sopa, be hit with powerful kicks. He's young. He's very durable. The cardio from uh, Sarukian kind of insane and uh, I think it's the wrestling and the top position Sarukian is like not great at maintaining top position for he but he does have like punishing round and pound we've seen that in the past and he's uh, like a top level scrambler so he can get in trouble with Oliveira a few times but I think the more he like gets takedowns and lands ground and pound he can start breaking uh, Charles here um, I think favoring Charles on the lines, it's like the the move here. I think Oliveira has a 
some very good advantages in this fight, um, especially Oliveira being the, the taller fighter. Uh, it will give him like big access to his poking uh, kicks, the big knees especially sh uh, would be very interesting, but also Oliveira has been vulnerable to big overhands by shorter fighters, go back to like uh, Frankie Edgar against him, or like not very recently uh, Chandler uh, with the leaping left hook as well. So we'll see Sarugian like not very accurate, but very powerful and explosive. It's a very, very good fight. I'm excited about this one. What else we have? Uh, UFC Vegas 88 on March is getting Davy Grant versus Cody Gibson. I'm very glad they kept Cody Gibson after losing that uh, Ultimate Fighter finale against Katona. That was a tremendous fight, by the way. And this one should be fire. Uh, sadly for me, as a Cody Gibson fan, I think Davy Grant is like too big of a hitter and has very good cardio, so it's going to be hard for Gibson to take over this fight. Also, Davy Grant like super long as well, so like the advantages that Gibson likes to have, he he probably won't have here. It's I think Gibson could like maybe like put some volume together on Grant I mean, if he works the body a lot. Uh, this could be a close one, but I think I'm siding with David Grant early. Uh, Ricardo Hamos is fighting Julian Erosa and that same event. A very exciting fight at featherweight, like not super high level. I do not expect much of either of these guys at this stage anymore, but I mean, when it comes to like getting breaking into top five, getting main events, like no, these are action fighters and they're going to deliver action in this fight. So I'm I'm pretty excited about this one. It's a good fight. El Niño Problema Raul Rosas. <laughs> this is fighting Ricky Turcios for some reason. This is a very silly fight. Um, but I think it's a good test for Rosas. Um, because Turcios... It's like as weird as Turcios here. He's very conditioned. And he's a good grappler. So... It's a good test for Rosas. I expect Rosas to be like way stronger than him and especially the first round it's going, it's going to be very tough for Turcios. If Turcios can survive the submissions and he's the kind of guy that survives a lot of submission attempts, it could get interesting. I'm still expecting uh, Rosas to win here, but it's, it's good for the level. This is the level of opposition that... Uh, Rosas should be fighting. I think he should be taking it slow. Not super slow because like when you start fighting in, in MMA so young and when especially when you're like athletic, uh, you get a lot of miles in camps. So so if you keep winning, you should be taking a step upwards. Um, some guys try to take it too slow and then they, when they get to the top, they are already injured. Um, the, the mental game is not as sharp. So yeah, if Rosas wins here, he needs a, ste a step up in competition. I would not like to see him like stuck in here. If he loses, obviously he needs to regroup. He has time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, good good matchmaking, to be honest, even, even if it's uh, like a funny fight. Uh, talking about like funny fight and with funny, I mean like depressing. <laughs> Chris Whiteman is fighting Bruno Silva. Weird, uh, Bruno Silva pretty past it himself, so maybe Chris Weidman gets like some top control and wins, so not unwinnable. I think this is good matchmaking if 
Chris Wyman is going to keep fighting. The thing with Bruno Silva is that he hits very fucking hard. And, and yeah, you know, Chris Wyman, like, he hasn't looked like super shiny, but he has looked shaky. Um, he hasn't been facing the puncher that Bruno Silva is, so dangerous, dangerous fight from him. And Bruno Silva is still, like, super tough. What else we have? Uh, Joel Alvarez, the Spanish, is fighting Ludovic Klein. Uh, just wanted to comment here that it's very funny to make like Ludovic Klein. <laughs> like, he fought Bahamondes, and now they give him like an even taller dude for this one. Uh, I think Klein should try to do the same things that he did against Bahamondes. Uh, the open side kicks, the takedowns. But yeah, I mean, I think Alvarez is probably more dangerous than Bahamondes. More dynamic, even if like Bahamondes may be well, better put together. Alvarez for sure more dangerous. And more dangerous as a grappler too from his back. Yeah, I mean, it's a decent fight. Joe Alvarez has a Goku tattoo on his pectoral, by the way. <laughs> uh, Temba Gorimbo is fighting Pete Rodriguez at... Welterweight, I think Pedro Rodriguez should uh, drop to lightweight for sure, but he botched the weight at the last time. Um, but Pedro Rodriguez is kind of cool as a boxer, but the problem is that he he will have trouble with these longer guys. And Gorimbo, uh, he looks solid, his last fights. Uh, he fights out of MMA Masters. And people say that all the coaches in MMA Masters are like super nice and shit, but they train Colby Covington, so... So, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, should be a good fight. We have a main event for UFC Vegas 89 on April. That's so far removed from here. Uh, Marvin Vettori is fighting Brendan Allen. And it's like interesting and relevant, but it's like such a whatever fight, man. Like, give us a... Give us a better main event. What is the obsession with the shitty like heavyweight and middleweight main events, dude? Um, I think uh, Brendan Allen is more skilled than Marvin Vettori and should win. And that's that's my take here. That Vettori, um, despite all the potential and like being a, like a well-schooled fighter, the, there's something about Vettori. It's not it's not only the the terrible punching form that steals all the power from him because he came out banging against Canyonier earlier. I don't know, man, but Terry does, I think, doesn't have the mind to be like a super good fighter. And Allen on the other side is like maybe not as athletic as he's decent as an athlete, but he's not like this physical force that Marvin Vettori is. He's not as big for the division either. But he's like turning into a very well-rounded and dangerous fighter because he does have a good mind for fighting, I think. Like, Vettori is super tough. Like, I, he has good qualities mentally to be a fighter, but he... Vettori, for once, doesn't have like this aggressiveness and uh, dangerousness about him and also like makes bad decisions in big moments like he did against Adesanya. Uh, Allen, I think he's a lot more vicious as a fighter. He's like more dangerous everywhere in every face. Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope Brendan Allen wins here. To be honest, he's more interesting as a fighter. 
in middleweight we have uh, somewhat of lower level but more interesting because we have Andre Petrovsky fighting Jacob Malkun. A very interesting fight between wrestlers. We, it will be interesting to see uh, what's going on in this fight. Who is going to push for the wrestling, if anyone? What's going to happen on the feet? Uh, Petrovsky like more dynamic, uh, has maybe like a better feel, but Malkun fights very well behind the jab on the feet and of same as a wrestler, uh, Petrovsky has like the, the wrestling credentials, but Malkun, uh, who, f who trains with Volkanovski, has like a very competent uh, wrestling game put together. Malkun also like looks kind of small sometimes, but Petrovsky also not big for the weight class. So it's this is good matchmaking. Uh, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, Bibi Araujo is fighting Natalia Silva. Very excited about this one. Uh, I think Silva is going to win this one, but um, Araujo is a very good test for her. If she, if Natalia Silva wins this one, um, I would expect like a top five, that kind of of thing moving forward for her. Uh, she's very, very promising. Uh, hopefully, for a development standpoint, I would hope to see Araujo try to wrestle here to see Silva defend against like someone physical, athletic who has like good takedown entries. Um, and also Araujo packs power on the feet, so it's it's a very it's an interesting test for for Natalia Silva for sure. Excited about that one. Uh, Jasmine Jauregui, Jasmine Jauregui is fighting Sam Hughes. Uh, I don't have much to say about this one, but it's like. This is in Mexico, by the way, because Jauregui is, is Mexican. Will be interesting because both girls have a very good gas tank and very active. So this one should be action packed. Um, it's a good fight and good matchmaking. Uh, Bo Nickel is fighting Cody Brandish and it's like, I don't know, I'm not... From the very beginning, I have not been very interested in Bo Nickel fighting lower level dudes that do not present a lot of interesting questions for him. I mean, you can, like, Cody Brundage is a wrestler himself, obviously not near the level of, of Bone Eagle. Uh, he has power on the feet, so there's a few things going on in this match, but, but yeah, it's, it's the UFC trying to get Bone Eagle a win and uh, not very interested in that. Let me know when Bone Eagle is fighting, like, good fighters that he can lose to. If he's actually that good as they say, I want him to see him like fight good opposition, not very interesting in these like super tailor matchups, to be honest. And no, yeah, not a fan of Bo Nickel, to be honest. I uh, the seems like super boring as guy, bad takes. And the the, the wrestling uh, I mean the the style inside the cage, he looks very good, but not very interesting. Like oh, I'm not not rooting for him anytime soon. Aljamain Sterling is moving up to featherweight and he's fighting a big boy in Kelvin Cater. Uh, very interesting. It's like, uh, it has some parallels to the O'Malley fight. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, I just wonder. I don't think Aljo's game translates super well to featherweight. But if he's able to like wrestle Cater, I would be very impressed by that. So maybe this is good matchmaking, I don't know. But it's a, it's a very compelling fight, especially because Kader is like his days as elite fighter, very fringe elite fighter, uh, are kind of over. So this one is good. It's good because it's like 
it puts if if Sterling loses here, he puts in his place. He's probably moving down back to bantamweight. I would I would think. And Kedar like remains in this like like top ten, top five space. Now that I think his days are like staple top five guy are kind of over. I think. Um. I mean, not over, but I'm not expecting Kedar to, like, climb anymore. Like, he already lost that super close decision to Josh Emmett that I think he won, to be honest. But, like, what else is there, there to do for Kedar after this fight? Like, maybe the winner of Ortega versus Jair that we're going to talk about in a second? I don't know. If Aljo wins, very, very interesting, to be honest. But I'm not expecting him to. I don't think his game is going to translate uh, very well, especially against Kedar, who is super long, has a stiff jab that Aljo will have to navigate. And in the clinch, like, Kedar, solid as a defensive wrestler, like, not super nuanced, but he's a big dude. Kedar is a big-ass featherweight, like, could could move up to lightweight, no problem. I could not imagine Aljo necessarily moving up to lightweight ever. Jiri Prohaska is fighting Alexander Rakish. Um, this is UFC 300. It's like, okay. It's okay, like, it's not super hype, but... Hey, Rakish is, like, decent. And he's like has, like, great physical attributes. He has been kind of boring as of late, but... You cannot have a boring fight with Jiri Prohaska. The dude will not allow you. So, either... Either we get like a big absurd jury finish or he forces Rakish to be good for once. So I'm excited for this one. No complaints. Uh, good slot for the UFC 300 pay-per-view. Edin Blanchfield is fighting Manon Fioro. Uh, UFC Atlantic City on March. Very, very important fight at Flyway. The winner is getting a title shot for sure here. So... And even though I think Blanchfield is probably the best fighter in the division, Fiora has the the potential to be very troublesome for her. And maybe she wins this one just because she's like super physically strong and has this very good uh, distance management and long game. Um, and she's going to be the better striker here. So Blanchfield will have to like tough it out to get on the inside, get some clinches and Fioro has looked competent and strong in the clinch so so yeah I mean I think Blanchfield is maybe like the best fighter in the division but that doesn't mean that she would win every fight put in front of her and this one looks very tough maybe tougher than Alexa Grasso if Alexa is to win against Valentina I think by uh, Valentina on her prime a very bad matchup for Blanchfield as well not anymore I think Valentina is Pretty, pretty past it. But we'll see. We'll see. It's a good fight. It's a good fight. I'm not a, a big fan of uh, Manon Fiore's style. But she's good. And she looked good in the Rose Namajunas fight. She does, like, uh, smart stuff. She has, like, a, I'm a bit, like, a, an unpleasing style, in my opinion. And, and she knows me because she's, like, super big and strong. <laughs> and sometimes I don't like those fighters. But she's good. She's, like, good, and if she wins against Blanchfield, like, the title shot is, like, completely justified. For either girl that wins here a title shot, it's in order. A anything else would be complete blasphemy. 
We have Jair Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega in Mexico. Uh, this is a co-main event scheduled for five rounds. But let's remember that the main event for that one is uh, Brandon Moreno versus Albasi. Um, this one is a cool fight. Uh, it it was looking to be interesting the first time around. Then Ortega did like the stupid shit of trying to pull out of a tight triangle and injured his shoulder. Kind of freaky, but it's like all oh, on Ortega. I think that's you should see that as a legit win for Jair more than a fluke. But, but Ortega gets to run it back anyway. It's an interesting one. I'm excited because both guys have great cardio. So maybe we'll see like not like super technical adjustments, but like big picture stuff of both guys trying different stuff as the fight move on. Especially Ortega, who I think is the more adaptable fighter. Jair just will keep spamming and finding what's, what works for him. But it's a, it's a cool fight. It's a cool fight. Who's going to win? I'm not sure. I think Ortega had like some right ideas on how to deal with Jair. But getting kicked by Jair over five rounds is never fun, I think. What else we have? Robert Whittaker is fighting Paulo Costa. Of course they are not fighting. Paulo Costa is not a real fighter. Paulo Costa doesn't exist. Every time you saw Paulo Costa fighting, it was a product of your imagination. So I'm not commenting about this fight. Uh, this, if this was real, this would be happening on February 17th. But it's not happening in UFC 298. You can count on that. Um, in, in an imaginary world where this fight happened, this is very interesting because Whitaker is like better equipped than most in the division to fight on the outside against the pressure of Costa but at the same time the kicks of Costa and the attacks to the body the combinations can be very troublesome from Whitaker and Costa also has like a bit of an active jab so maybe he can like catch Robert Whitaker closing the distance or Costa would also have like a length advantage uh, Whitaker has been kickable, has been looking shakier of late, but Costa also looked pretty past it against Luke Rockhold. So who cares? This fight is not happening, guys. Remember that. And finally, and not very important, but I just wanted to talk about it because Rinja Nakamura, uh, that I'm very high about, is fighting Brady Histand at UFC 298. At the same uh, event that Whitaker is fighting Costa. I mean, they are not fighting. They are not fighting, guys. The, the, the fight is not happening. This one is happening. And Nakamura, I'm very excited to see. Uh, hopefully, Brady Houston puts on a good fight and uh, test him because I, I want to see. Nakamura, uh, similar to the bow nickel, but he's not getting like the... Yeah, I mean, he got a, a very easy matchup on the last time. But Nakamura, unlike bow nickel, is very cool. That's That's the big difference. <laughs> It's not that he's Japanese, it's just that he, he, when he fights, it's a lot more exciting, you know? It's not my fault, Bonico, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not my fault that you're boring. And that's, that's all the fights, that's all the fights. Um, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot, but... But yeah, I mean, welcome back to the Early Plane Podcast, guys. I'm your boy Feño. 
and let's hope that this year we have like some good podcasts going on as well we have some fun if you have any questions let me know you know all the shit and finally remember that Theory Brain Podcast is brought to you by X Marshall, a combat sport brand dedicated to supporting the jiu-jitsu community. Their goal is to create a fun training environment with unique and exciting designs and promote the gym culture we all love. X Marshall offers a range of products including rash guard shorts, pads, geese, streetwear and training equipment. Use code THEFIGHTSIDE to get a 10% discount on your order now. That's the fight side, all caps, no spaces. And for the best deals and discounts, sign up to their mailing list and follow their socials at Official in all of them. Thank you, Marshall. Remember that if you want to support the fight site as an ongoing project and get access to exclusive content, you can give money to us on Patreon. On Patreon, for only like $3, you get access to our Discord server and our backlog, backlog of exclusive content, a lot of like alternate commentaries, some videos that were removed from YouTube, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff to learn about from there. And if you can support monetarily, you can always share the podcast and whatever. You can visit the fight site. We have a lot of resources from learning about fighting there. You can go to our YouTube channel. Uh, uh, recently, I released a video about boxing great Alexander Usyk um, before his fight against Tyson Fury for the unification bout for the Undisputed heavyweight championship and it's a very good video not getting a lot of views at the moment so if you want to check it out and share it with your friends that would be very cool um, and that's it that's the podcast that's me new year new me no it's the same old bullshit that's always thank you so much for listening guys i'll catch you on the next one i'm fenu i'm signing out bye